All right, um, let's kick it off. Eric, you want to bring it home? Can we do like the intro? Or just, yeah. I also wanted to bring up Chris and the, the <laughs> yeah. bottle. The bottle. The bottle in the ocean. The message in the bottle. Uh, message in a bottle. <laughs> and we are back on Lower After Hours. This is Mike Ryan fan account. How are we doing tonight, folks? We are good and stumped that you uh, did an introduction and went right into the lead, but I'm good. Jeanette, uh, how are you? Just talking to you guys on a Saturday? Nothing could be better. We currently got Bruce in the house. Hello, all right. Yeah, Bruce. So I have, a, I have a fun story to tell you, and then I'm gonna have to leave because I'm at a wedding. Okay, let's do it. All right, so I met the first, like my first like Levitard show fan out in the wild tonight at a wedding. And he told me a really funny story that I thought I would share with you. So uh, he's at his father-in-law's house, uh, who is a huge Boston fan, like huge fan, like before they were good. And so uh, he didn't think anybody was in the house. And my friend Mitchell was listening to the Leopard show. And all of a sudden, his father-in-law just comes in, walks in, hears it. And he goes, that guy's a fucking asshole. And then just walks out. That is the only way a true old Boston fan can react to the show. Yep. So awesome. And so, hold on. Daniel was his name? I'm sorry. Mitchell. Mitchell. Clearly not Daniel. Uh, so you just <laughs> met him here at the second wedding, which we'll talk about behind your back. Yeah, it's fine. No, yeah. No, it's fine. Yeah, it's good. Uh, um, are y'all like best friends now? Does he know who we are? Yeah, actually, no, he does. It was weird. Like, he was like, like yo, I listened to the show. Like, I started, he started listening to because he's a friend of my brother-in-law. And he was like, dude, nobody listens to this, this show. And he's like, no, you got to listen. To, you got to go follow on Twitter. You got to follow my you know, uh, brother-in-law. He's a huge fan. Like, and so he starts listening to it. And then he goes back and starts listening. Like, So now he's like a fan of the Leptard show. And like, we have like this. Did I die? I die. Uh, just your camera. Just your camera. Just Keep your camera it. did. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be Lou or Bruce if my camera didn't die. But anyway, like we have like this like really long, like, really animated conversation and like i keep looking over and i see my wife and she's looking at me like like who are you talking to like what is going on she's never seen you so happy no and so like i mean like i'm just like having this animated conversation we're laughing like i'm taking my shirt off because underneath i have like my murray shirt because clearly <laughs> he's the only one that's going to understand it so he gets it and so he just is like laughing like we're just laughing he you know his girlfriend comes over her wife and she's just like yeah like, like you know this is ridiculous and so me and him like have a super long, like 20 minute conversation about the Levitard show. And it was great. That's awesome, man. That's uh, awesome. So more importantly, does he know each of us individually? Is he a fan of mine? <laughs> I was, I Flem, he absolutely loved you. You just made that up, but you know what? I love you for being that good at lying. <laughs> All right, uh, enjoy, enjoy your guys' podcast. I, I gotta go. Have fun, man. send us some <laughs> Bruceisms. Yeah. Bye. I'm good. Happy to be home. Happy to be on a pod on a Saturday night. So I need to explain what just happened because this is so awkward. And uh, let's, I mean, that's the point, right? We follow the show because when things don't go as arranged, um, the format here is whenever Eric does join us or whoever can imitate Eric is, and we're back with another episode of Lara Towers or Life of the Club. And then that kind of kicks it off, and then whoever's hosting goes. Uh, what Mike Ryan fan account, aka Eric, decided to do was say, and we're back with no enthusiasm, enthusiasm, excuse me, 
and then start asking people how they're doing. And so I almost feel like I should just give you the reins. Do you want to host tonight, Eric? Because I, you absolutely deserve it. You want me to host? Um, I mean, I can try. So was that like bad caller etiquette? Like back in the day when you would call in and you would ask them how they're doing? It wasn't. I, just, I <laughs> On like our own podcast? No, no, no. So I don't think you did anything bad. It just threw me off because I thought you were just going to hit me with the intro and then it was like time to like jump in flame, you know, like you do the hook, um, you're Nate dog. I'm Eminem. I hop in after you're done with the hook. And instead you started rapping the first verse and I was like, Oh, let me just back up. So that's not, it's, you did nothing wrong. You did fine. It's just, uh, yeah, I was just thrown off when you start asking me how we're doing. It's like, Oh, we're you intro. so I'm just making sure that you don't want to host because by all means I will sit back and have a whiskey and just let this thing go. Go ahead as I sip the whiskey anyways. All right. So before we have, uh, first off, for those listening, welcome to Laughter Club. Uh, sorry we missed y'all last week. Sorry we missed y'all, I think, on PPG and Laughter the Club last week or so. We've had a lot going on. Um, nothing short of just really trying to follow the show because they've been, I think, as busy as they've ever been since they've been free and dumb. So um, huge week. With that, though, let's talk about the show. We're all fans of it. That's the whole reason we're here. Jeanette, before we were recording, had a take that she hadn't mentioned in the chat before, and maybe intentionally, because half of the four people here, uh, which by the way, I should do, we have Jeanette with us, we have Halloween Basic, the one and only Pandemic, our founder and the OG, Eric, my grand fan account, and me, Fleming M, as if that's hard to tell based on this nasal voice. So before we started, Jeanette out of nowhere, just had a take about fans of the show on Twitter. And again, those are the four people here. You heard my grind fan account, Fleming And Jeanette had an opinion of fans that cared a little bit too much on Twitter. So before I even throw it to her, let me just say this. What she's about to say offended us, and we were really cool about it. Me and Eric just sat back and we watched us be roasted and again, we were not mic on. This wasn't for entertainment purposes only. This was not for fun. This was Jeanette just being honest. Um, and for those listening, Jags, man, which is supposed to be Duval, but I don't feel like introducing you correctly because I got something for you. Uh, Barrett Cuts is with us. Jeanette. Uh, no, no, no. Up. Don't tease that. I'm going to step all over whatever this is with Jeanette. What are you talking about? You have something for me. I have something for you and I will get to it when I am ready. You don't get to come in here after being gone for a month and control the way I drive a podcast. All right. I've been so doing unless history. Unless you have a bottle of Dom Perignon that you're willing to walk into the ocean with, you mute your microphone and you wait until I am ready. Look, Barrett's probably not going to be here for the whole night because he hasn't made it through his Zoom in about two months. But I'm glad he's here. I did miss you. Um, now, if you don't mind, the best of us, Jeanette, had something to say about Twitter accounts and the show. So Jeanette, uh, go. So I don't know if you guys have noticed the uptick in show-related Twitter accounts that have been birthed over the past couple months. Um, and as part of LAH, it seems that, you know, we get the follows and, you know, which is cool. And some of them have really cute names and like whatever. But my whole issue with these accounts is why don't you like any of my tweets 
um even the show related ones no love i'm not you know it's just nothing no what it comes down to is if you are a lover or a connoisseur of the show of dan of mike and everybody else now part of Meadowlark, why do you have to hide your fandom through a fan centric account you know it's okay to put it out there in your primary twitter that you like the show that you come up with a show related tweet that you think is clever and funny you have to lean into it because the fan base is diverse so if you're someone that is like me you know single mom working nine to five throw your stuff out there and then if you're someone that's a little bit you know more white collar embrace it you know where where your show pride uh you know in full display don't hide behind the avatar and then think this is what makes me cool this is gonna get me likes but at the same time like my shit okay yeah at the same time like brian little angel thing got like a lot of likes why well, i'm my- sorry repeat that repeat that eric my mike ryan angel thing the pal made well i'm sure pal could use any reason to hype himself up pal if you're listening your ego does not need this but well done i have a working theory as to why maybe Jeanette is not getting the proper amount of likes have we considered that maybe eric or somebody else who has one of these cody cavalry accounts or what have you is just the owner of all of them so they like it on one account and you know, maybe they think they don't have to like it on the others. Or maybe like they're they're afraid to switch over accounts and overdo it so it looks like Especially right at the like... same time, you know, that would look fishy. Um well yeah, it would look fishy to people like you, Barrett, that get like three likes per tweet. But when you're as funny as Jeanette, it's a little harder to tell. Uh but I have some follow ups, Jeanette. Uh one, is this an issue with show fan accounts? Because like there's uh, obviously, the one only my grand fan account. There's Cody Calvary, the two biggest. Uh, and give me Guillermo Mafia. So those are Levitard fan show account. Never <laughs> I think is them. the biggest. Yeah. I never heard of them, but I'll look them up. Got a couple um, followers. Yeah, I guess. I all right. I'll look them up. Is is it the guy that has a podcast or is it? I don't know. No, Hard. Mark. She's talking about Mark. You doofus. Barrett. So for those of you who wanted That's to get a fine. the joke without, yeah. So for those of you who wanted to get the joke without having to think about it, there's Barrett for yeah. explaining the joke of me and Mark. Yeah, I don't even know what to do with you right now. So is your is your beef with fan accounts or parody accounts? Because I've seen both popping up lately, right? You have the fan account and then you have parody accounts based on characters because as the show's grown and been independent, there are characters uh, being created that we. We won't say who's behind because apparently that's a Twitter sin. Is it with both, uh, one or the other, or do you just don't you don't care and you just want people liking your tweets? Like, what's going on here? No, I think it's more like towards the parody accounts because as of late we've had some very um, strong characters emerge. So the fact that you get to pick up a, a parody character and then use it to be less than nice to someone. Uh, that shouldn't be the case you know if you have if you take exception to what somebody is writing do that on your own twitter i've done it i've have no problem if i've seen people be less than generous that i will go in and i will you know say something to them but once again i don't really understand 
I don't understand the you know yeah it, like why why it would be necessary especially because it's a poor imitation of of what the to an extent these have been poor imitations of what these parody characters are so if you're gonna be out there and you're gonna start a parody account like Leonard from Palm Springs right are you really gonna outdo McKay in his comedy I don't think so you, you're gonna try and you're most likely gonna fail and then you'll switch it to something else but I think trying to match that level you can't so I don't even know what to do with that um Pam, Eric, like somebody raised their hand because I don't want to be the person that's personally offended, but she absolutely took me out and then pretended as if, and don't get me wrong, I agree with you. I started the parody character thing on Twitter. I made it so bad that nobody should try to do it again. Uh, Mike Ryan has been very clear of how shitty he thought that account was. So I, I agree that we should not try to redo it, but also these people aren't even as funny as me, let alone Adam McKay. Take that. Uh, Eric, you 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 sat up like you had something. Um, yeah, I just fan accounts are just weird overall. That's what that's my take. Just don't don't be don't become a fan account. Just don't do it. Take Jeanette's advice. It's also a lot harder to be a fan account where the person you're a fan of has recently passed away. How do you feel about that, by the way, Eric? That Mike Ryan, by the way, those listening, oh, I'm sure know. Why would you listen to this and yeah. not that? Mike Ryan's dead. It sucks, you know. It um, there's a deep, I guess, uh, void in my heart now that he's gone from the show. So, are you going to change your name to the Mike Ryan Memorial account? Maybe that's a good idea. R.I.P. R.I.P. I just killed the church, killed the club. Damn it! I'm supposed to be a rapper. Pam, do you have anything to say about Jeanette just basically crushing me, my lone supporter, or do you just, you don't want any part of I this? I feel like she was excluding you from her takeout or takedown because I know that she, that you like her tweets and that you interact with her. So this was really more about, if Jeanette wants to be honest, this was really more about the fact that all of these parody accounts um, followed a bunch of us but don't interact with any of us and that's some bullshit right there because if you're gonna like anybody's tweets it should be Jeanette's hey listeners check out a new podcast called yes maybe no with Andrew Streeter and Yeti Blanc every week we'll take a topic from sports music and pop culture and break it down beyond the surface whether it's the latest hot take or an ongoing story, Yes, Maybe No will discuss our insights, opinions, and maybe a hot take or two of our own. Will you find us interesting? Will you find us entertaining? Will more people than our mothers listen to us? Yes, yes maybe, maybe No! Listen to Yes, Maybe No. Subscribe, download, rate, review, or find podcasts or sold, or uh, download it. Uh, Jeanette, do you have a follow-up? I, I feel like I, I, I have a recap. I don't want to forgive these accounts, but I, I have an idea of what's happening here, but... All right, cool. No, 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 not no. Me saying, all right, cool, and you still confirming no is fucking funny. All right, so you're like, no, just to make sure you know, no, I have nothing. Barrett, um, do you have anything? Yeah, you are talking so much, and I just want to pivot entirely. So that's what I have for this. I have a okay. question for you guys. Um, 
and it comes off of a story that's not actually my story. It's my cousin's story. But the question is, Corey. Um, so the question is, how much can you push a gift on someone before you become the asshole? And so this is this is something that happened to my cousin, not me. He's starting a new job and it's somebody's birthday coming up. And really the only thing he knows about him is some crazy drunken tale that he heard from other coworkers. So he thought a great gift would be some Jack Daniels. Well, after some back and forth of like, here, I seriously got this happy birthday. And he was saying, no, 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 that's fine. He let my cousin know that he has been sober for six years now and that um, he really is not going to take the whiskey. So that's a pretty awkward moment. And I'm wondering at what point, like, do you become the prick in this scenario as the gift giver? Do you, so, and if you guys have any, like, scenarios that are similar. Yeah, no. Um, one, your cousin became the prick, like, immediately, like, as soon as he found out information and for some reason was bothered by the person not accepting but I, you know what i'm talking too much um jeanette at what point does a person become a prick this is a very unique question but at what person at what point does a person become a prick after forcing a gift upon somebody yeah i think that's a letdown of your cousin by the other people that worked with him because these other people have known the other guy longer. So at some point, someone could have told him, oh, by the way, that led him, that was kind of his low point, And then he stopped drinking. Um, but oh, by the way, he's also like a huge um, Jags fan. Or he really likes Harry Potter. Or he's all about Fast and the Furious. So I love that this guy put, became me somehow. Put, but it, I put do, it on the poll. When think... you when you quit drinking, do you quit becoming a Jags fan? Start. Uh, <laughs> do start maybe. becoming a Jags fan. Go maybe. ahead. Jags man. What were you I saying? do think that this guy is pretty self-deprecating though about his own drunken tales. That's um, fine, but but to Jeanette's point, your cousin just started this job, so that means he's been sober for six years. They told this your cousin a story from six years ago. Yes, this was this was quite a yeah. It happened a long time ago, probably yeah, longer than six got, years ago. Yeah, well, that's an important argument to have right now. Over under six years. Yeah, no, actually, it was more like seven. So yeah, so your cousin got set up. It sounds like this company hates your cousin, uh, Pam. Or, you know what, Jags, you control it. Who's next? I want to hear from Eric actually because he's trying to run away. What do you mean run away? You're sitting there, you're trying to hide back in the so shadows like he you He was do. laughing at you. That's fine. He can laugh at me all he wants. I still want to hear from him. I miss you guys. I miss you, Eric. What do you have to say on this? I love you, Barrett. No, I think your cousin, is he's in a rough spot, right? So I think, I don't know, maybe just take the freaking gift and throw it away or something. Drink it? That would be alcohol abuse. What are you talking about? All don't right. throw that away. No, so the question. All right, so I think I maybe. Hold on, no, framed, oh, no, you framed, framed it. You framed it perfectly. Wrong. No, no, you don't get a second try. You framed it perfectly because you told me how to do my job. So you sit back and let your question sit. Pam, at what point do you quit forcing a gift upon another human being? Um, this is so painfully awkward, and I love it because I love awkward. Um, 
they set him up like nobody warned him or did he nobody said hey dude like just so you know you know he's sober now right like um you return the alcohol if it can be returned um or you give it to someone else and you get him something different but like he got set up for failure right there so you think okay so you think this was this was actually more of like a messing with the new guy kind of thing by not giving Absolutely. him all of the info oh watch him fall on his face well yeah. and the fact that this is a question like um how socially unaware is your cousin because like what does he think the outcome is going to be does he think he's going to force a bottle of jack daniels on a recovering alcoholic who's been sober for six years I think I think a back and forth of like, no, seriously, I got this for you. It's your birthday next week can be more honest than how you're framing it. But yeah, no, that is what he was trying. Yes, that is what he was trying to do, Frank. That is what was happening. I'm thinking like, no, seriously, bro. I'm trying to maintain my sobriety. Thank you for trying to make me fail at a serious thing like staying sober when clearly drinking is a problem for me. I, I don't think that he pressed it after the actual sobriety card was thrown out there. I, I'm well, pretty sure I'm my all... cousin has more cooth than that. All right. More what? I'm sorry? Cooth? You not okay. know what cooth is? I, you not know, a fancy look... lad, Frank? What is that? You're not a fancy lad, Eric? That's an upset. Never mind. Are, if, if Jeanette or Pam asked that, would they be fancy lads lads is is a lad lass. what's the female I think is it's it a lass? Lass. isn't it lads lass? yes okay. yeah no i'm an idiot um important information you learn something new every day on lower after hours laughter the club specifically laughter the club where we educate uh the adult world continually so speaking of messages in a bottle we're going to stick with jeanette because she had something to do with messages in a bottle with chris and i'll be honest y'all um there was a lot of yammering before we really kicked this thing off and there's so many more topics to get to, but Jeanette, you get back to back topics because uh, I had a corny transition of message in a bottle and bottle. So, you know what, what'd you have for Chris and be careful because Chris uh, who banned me from Twitter for a month and a half is still my, my goat, but go ahead. So, okay. I'll be careful. I'll tread lightly here because I'm already upset you know, Levitard parody nation. Don't want to go after Chris. I totally understand. Um, no. So when he wrote out the message and he was throwing it, going to throw it into the ocean, my first thought was, wouldn't you want to put some contact information? So if this does get received, you can be notified like, Hey, I got your message. So I was like, at least put your Twitter handle on it or, you know, email at jritter that at gmail and let us know that you got this bottle so it was really cute and all but i was like you should have put some contact information so if it does make it across the ocean you know someone could reach out to you in a couple years and be like message received sir got it so so you kind of saved it with a jay ritter joke at least to be part of the show um this is a really bad take and i'm surprised this is where we ended up uh, if you send a message in a bottle, the whole point is the mystery behind the recipient. Whenever they get the message in the bottle, they don't even know it's from. Like they want to be able to wonder, 
and have this mystery of like who sent this and i don't need somebody tweeting back at me if they pee in the pool or not like the message itself did not require a follow-up uh directly to me this is a bad take um does uh barrett you're nodding your head i don't know if you're listening to music or if you're just waiting to tell me how bad i'm doing again but do you think that there should be like a business card quote unquote inside of this message in a bottle um yeah well i think ideally if you're thinking about the origins of a message in a bottle it would be to get someone's attention like this is my last resort come and get me i'm stuck somewhere between here and here so i think a message in a bottle has to come with some sort of return address i think i think that has to happen but I will right. say a return address, but not just a response. Like imagine me being like, man, sorry to hear that. And that's like what I send back. As somebody though, who has stepped on buried bottles in the sand and sliced my foot, um, that should have never happened. I don't know if he actually buried it or not, but like that shit. Okay, cool. So finger waving, I'm uh, bringing the energy down right now. Yeah, thank you for the safety tip. Um, this is uh, very reminiscent of Smeddy attempting to have a bunch of safety regulations around the same bit. Pam, do you think there should be a return address on a message in a bottle? At least some kind of information, like what am I going to do with you being stranded or needing help if I don't know how to help you or get to you? or even who you are. But also I kind of um, spaced out for a minute because that police song message in a bottle started like playing on a loop in my head. And I've just been singing, sending out an SOS for like 45 solid seconds. So my- Let's, uh, let's hear it not in your head. Do you <laughs> want to give us your limited fake police? Um, you guys don't want me to do that. So I'm too sober to One sing on this pod. Hit me on a night. Hit me on a wine night. A white. All right. Uh, Barrett, give us your limited fake police singing message in a bottle. Sending out an SOS. We're sending out an SOS. We're sending out an SOS. I love you so much, and I forgive you for everything mean you did to me the first 30 seconds of your appearance. Eric, are you with me here? Does it not seem pointless to have a return like address on a message in a bottle? I just, I don't understand the purpose. I'm like, you got it? Come help me. What do you need my info for? There's no follow-up questions to be asked. Just come. No, I think you want to become like a pen pal with the person. So yeah, you need to have a return message and then start some sort of dialogue back and forth. Okay, so a pen pal. So wait, message in a bottle, and maybe I'm in the wrong here. I, I think of a message in a bottle just the way Barrett sung it as an SOS, right? Like this is an emergency, we need help. Eric wants to have a full-blown conversation and get to know you before he helps you, which is, you know, reflective of our entire friendship before he allowed me to be part of this podcast. But an SOS is like, no, come now. What do you want to do replies for? Does anybody else here in show hands you gotta just be safe. jump in? No, like, Eric's you... right. You got to be safe. You can't be too sure about these wackos on islands who are sending out messages and bottles. You got to do a little vetting of the pepper, so to speak. Women have to be careful, especially women have to be careful about who they're helping save. If you could take one weapon to an island, what would it be? 
Uh, wow, I, I'm so lost. That's a Hold good on. Uh, yeah, there was vetting of the pepper followed by especially women, and that's not the the way we need to be doing this. And then there was like pen pal back and forth on the SOS. But if we could be what? What was the question? A again? machete. If we no, what was your question, Eric? A machete. That's not a question. What was the question? Eric? If you could bring one weapon to an island. Oh, okay. And Barrett's answer was a machete. Yeah, dummy. Uh, if you could bring one weapon to an island by yourself. Yeah, I mean it's. Are we talking? All right, like, can I get? But my like, machete get specifically. It's assault rifle. No, hold on. But my machete specifically has a flint starter on the back end, so like all I have to do is rub. Like I pull the flint out, and then I rub the machete up against it, and I have a fire starter. Boom. So I have a very specific you know machete. Got it. I get a nuclear or like a, a missile that launches from country to country, so I can just get out of there. Wow. Blowing the missile launches blood? like a more no, no well no 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 you aim it into the water so you go on the missile and as it's coming down you jump off you're back in the water like what, what do you mean blow people up yeah you treat it like a mortar do y'all not know how missiles work they come up they go at an angle and like they don't fly directly through like missiles aren't coming through like bullets across china through europe all the way to america it's not the way that these things work um at least that's not how dr sue showed anywho um what weapon would you have if stuck on an island, Jeanette? I would say a spear gun. You know, the fish. Gun. Oh, with the rope that you keep coming. You never run out of ammo. What a great... Jeanette's so good at this. Yeah. Just to, like, right. you know, go out there and, you know, get the fish. And I think Eric, everything else I would be able to be okay with. But I'm still trying to picture you... On the rocket, on the not the rocket. It wasn't a rocket. It's a yeah, missile. The nu- yeah, the missile. I'm just imagining that. Uh, what do you mean? I don't see the big deal. I can no. It's just it too small. It, you think my arms aren't capable? No, of it's amazing. It's just amazing. I'm just like yeah, like riding yeah, a missile. He gets, and... he gets to his peak and then soars to the next continent. I'm with you. I was a little confused, but then when you explained it. Thank I you. Was, I was with you, Flynn. Yeah, yeah, I just see like Acme written on the side, and somehow like I'm combining Gilligan's Island here, where you have these wings made out of bamboo and uh, palm fronds. So when you reach the maximum altitude, you let go and you're just like soaring, and then you land in I don't know. Another Soma. Pam, Panama. I'm curious about your weapon, and b- before I let you answer, I'm just curious, and maybe we need to start doing polls, like live podcasts that make no sense. Do y'all think anybody that listens to us gets a Gilligan's Island reference? I think yes, because I think they're mainly our age. Um, I, I don't think we have much of a young following, but I could be wrong, and Barrett can answer that whenever I feel like calling on him. But first, Pam, uh, what weapon would you have? <sighs> so this is difficult for me because on the one hand, I'm probably mostly focusing on how to get rescued from the island so i'm thinking like flares and stuff which are not weapons but then i also need to eat i'm gonna need like barrett said a machete or something to like cut coconuts and fruit and stuff down i don't think i'd be very good at climbing trees to get them so maybe a chainsaw just to cut the whole tree down um 
I don't know. What kind of weapon, Claire, do I need if I'm stranded on chainsaw? Claire's is not a chainsaw. I think a chainsaw is more practical than a machete. No, you'll run out of gas. Oh, yeah. Oh, Claire had the same question as Barrett, which just proves that we're, um, you're like a pretty badass kid, Claire. Like, you knew a chainsaw needed gas. Um, I, I need to sell my missile point. The missile point's the, the point here, right? Like, uh -huh. Eric, jump in, Eric. Jump, hold on. Eric looks shocked and he's, just jump in, Eric. What is it that's frustrating you? You look how so you mad. Ride, how do you ride a missile? I don't understand. It sounds so dangerous. <laughs> What else are you going to ride? You know what? All right, you know what? I'm wrong. You know what my missile is? A torpedo. Can I be it? Can a torpedo? Oh, he goes underwater. I can't hold my no missile makes more sense than torpedo. This is yeah, the, the only torpedo, answer. But if you like, go fast enough, you can hold your breath long enough. Uh, that's what she said. Delete that. So I don't get. I don't understand. No, I think the missile is the better answer here. Like you get, you're on a missile. You hold on to it it takes off towards the country you want it to go towards. And I mean, that's fine. You know what? Good luck with your machete. Pam, what was your answer? Because I feel like you just backed out of chainsaw. No, I think I don't have a good answer because I'm stuck between a weapon because I'm staying on the island or tools to get me off the island. An important question that we should have asked up front, and we're not going to redo this entire thing and go through all these again, is are, you, are we assuming we're stuck on the island or are we trying to get off? That probably would have helped us. I guess uh, if we're assuming we're stuck. Um, ah, shit. Um, Barrett, remember that time that we had a guest on the pod and we're like, hey, we're going to talk about it once we hit record. And then before we hit record, Pam just started talking about it. <laughs> this, is, this is what Pam just did where I was like, we're not going to relive this by going back and saying if we, if we knew if we were trying to do it. I was like, well, I guess if. I guess if... Go ahead, Pam. If we're stuck on the island, what's the weapon? I guess a machete because I'm going to run out of gas and I can't run over to the 7-Eleven and get more gas for my chainsaw. Okay. I think Jeanette had... If we're stuck on there, I think Jeanette's answer was the best of like a dart. Absolutely. Um, or excuse me, a um, dart gun, whatever it was. I can't remember. A spear gun. Spear gun. A, yeah. a dart gun. Yeah. <sighs> I don't even know why we did that segment. I'm sorry, everybody that's listening to us. So we just know that I think subconsciously you were telling us that you are uncomfortable with modern, um, like airplane travel, and you just want something that allows you to travel by yourself at incredibly fast rate of speed to get to wherever you want to go. I think that's what you were trying to tell us. If Elon Musk wasn't a fraud, I would love for him to make that happen, but. I, my entire life is modern flight, and you're right, it is nauseous. Like, if I could quit wearing a mask on an airplane, uh, it would be great. But you know what? If Elon Musk can make it happen, I'll take a uh, a mortar to get me from here to that shitty city, San Antonio, quicker. Uh, moving on. So speaking of subconscious, right, which is kind of your mind working on its own and doing things that you're not aware it's doing, you know who takes advantage of subconscious behavior and a bunch of frauds are psychics. And... A psychic is somebody that Pam, Pandemic, went to visit in the one, the only Salem, which if you don't know, they hate witches. Um, so Pam, I don't even know your take on psychics. I imagine you're the same as me where you hate them, but what's your opinion? So this was a confusing one for me because I'm a skeptic. 
but she also said things that I want to hear. So um, my take is if you take it with a grain of salt and you go in just to have fun, it's no big deal. But if you actually think that this is how your life is going to pan out, um, you're setting yourself up for failure. My question is based on going to see the psychic in Salem, Massachusetts this week. Um, what member of the show or the show universe is most likely to go see a psychic and depend on that information to live their life? All right. So do you want opinions uh, on psychics and which member is most likely to believe it? Because I think that'd be um, an interesting way to go, unless nobody has. Yeah. On psychics. No, but... I think that's a great way to go. What's your opinion on psychics and what member of the Levitard universe is most likely to see a psychic and believe in it? Jeanette, I feel like you could kick this off with probably the better response. Yeah, I'm kind. I'm aligned with Pam where I am s skeptical about this because, you know, how much, how much of my being or whatever are you gonna actually in tune and tell me, hey. Because it, it's never like you have to be at this place at this time and that's where you're going to meet your future husband or, you know, you have to use this particular vocabulary and you will get that job and that raise that you want or whatever. Right. It's never it's never that. So I would I'm with Pam on that. If you're using it for entertainment and you're just like, sure, why not? Haha, <laughs> you're not going to go wrong. And you're not going to be, well, you have to come back in a week and I'll keep on telling you what you want to hear. Um, for me, the person that I think from the show would most likely fall into this would be, I think it would be Chris. He, I think he would be receptive to hearing like the nice things, but then he would also no, I I, just, I don't no. think anybody I don't think anybody on the show would be too receptive because I don't think anybody is like that depend like that they would take it like honestly, but especially Billy, he would just you know he would just question well, so everything. Just, that, that, so that's actually where I was going to disagree with you, uh, and we're going into like believing or buying into it because he's skeptic Billy. I actually think if anybody would take it to heart enough to react, it would be Billy because he would then end up paranoid based on the information he received and try to overreact to correct stuff that he didn't want to happen. So it's not necessarily that he believes she's a psychic, but he's so scared of what's going to occur that he then tries to change his behavior to stop it from occurring. But psychics in general, and I, I guess this is a follow-up to what you said, are psychics like a long-term thing where you say like you come back to them with hopes? And I, I could be wrong. Like I don't live in, I guess, maybe an area where psychics or somebody you go back to like a therapist so is that a thing people go back to the same psychic and hope that the outcomes change and they can revise it and if so is that a thing in like the real world or just like jacksonville florida no it's real because you know they can come up with tell you you know what my best you know i've done your chart or i've you know evaluated you if you want your best mm. advice for romance, we have to set up every Monday. If you want to talk finance, we have to talk Thursdays. If you want to know about, you know, your children or your health, then it's this day. And then depending on the subject matter that you want to talk about, 
um, it'll probably depend how much they charge you. So once you've given them all your information and made your vulnerabilities aware, that's when they can start um, using that against you and hold you prey. So that's why it, you know, it's not surprising to hear of people that they end up like giving all this money away to these uh, psychics because they become incredibly dependent on them for the things that happen. And then when you mention anything like, hey, I got a parking ticket, but then when I was going to pay it, um, it turns out it was never made into the system. They're going to take credit for that. And you're more inclined to continue doing business with them. Okay, so there's like a serious like take here that's anti-psychic. That I, I wasn't aware they were part of like the same people that send you emails saying that you have like a fortune uh, overseas and all you need to do is send $500 to receive $2 million. I wasn't aware psychics were that bad. I thought they were just like the random people I pay $20 to in New Orleans um, that look at like my tattoos and the people I'm with and make assumptions that happen to be accurate and move on. Like that's what I was thinking, psychic. I didn't know this was like a dark underworld of people just stealing people's fortune by giving them fake promises uh, if that's the case then i don't know who would believe in a psychic but stugats would absolutely start one um based on everything i've just learned so uh yeah i don't barrett barrett you seem like you like a psychic or two so are you are you a fan of psychics do you believe obviously do you believe in them they're real people do you believe that they actually have any sort of significant understanding of the future or do you think they're all frauds and also were you as um in tune as Jeanette with like how dark this can be I thought this was just like a tourist attraction that robbed you of $20 randomly oh my god can I go now can I talk yet Jesus so in Jacksonville Florida there is a lot of psychics you were right and I'm pretty sure that they're all frauds. Now, I haven't actually gone and seen any of them, but I am someone who is very skeptical. And like, especially if I'm getting a schedule, you have to have finances talked about on Thursday and and love life is on Friday. That seems crazy. And what I remember from psychics is from That's So Raven. And she just had that shit come on her whenever it happened. So... Also, not, love life I'm, is on Sundays. No, you wanted to cut me off. You get to you get to go now. But I already went. Um, I was actually so back. No, back to what you're saying. Like, if it's a scheduled thing, then what's your concern with that? No, I didn't mean to cut you off. It was just a show joke because you know we're a podcast about a show. The uh, the skepticism. There, are we real. are we good? Am I good? No, I'm feeling a little rusty. I'm not no, going to lie. Are we good? Are we good? Are you and I, are we okay? This is live radio, guys. Eric, what's your opinion on uh, what the gypsies, psychics, whatever? I don't believe in psychics. psychics. That stuff's weird. Nope. How weird is it? It's weird. Not okay. So yeah. No, they're very efficient. Way better than I am at talking. So Eric hates like Eric for the realistic. <laughs> um, there's two things. If anybody's listening at this point, which why would you be? There are a few barometers of when you say something funny in our podcast. One is Jeanette laughing out loud to where she will wave you off and make sure she can't talk. And the other is Jeanette, Eric, excuse me, Eric throwing his head in his face. 
uh, those are two at least of the four or five things happening here and so thank you eric for that jeanette you had something? i have a question how do you throw your head in your face all right um so yeah that was me misspeaking thanks jeanette I don't discount all people as all people who claim to be psychics as frauds, because I think there are some things in the world that are unexplainable. Things happen that we can't understand or know about. So I'm not saying every person who says they're intuitive or, or whatnot is a fraud. Um, however, the one psychic I knew for a fact was a fraud was in my hometown of Beaumont, Texas. And that is because she got murdered. And so my dad's thing was always, how psychic are you if you did not see that shit coming? And he brings that up all the time. How did she get murdered if she was a psychic? So she probably was a fraud. But I'm not convinced that 100% of people who are at least intuitive are frauds. Anyway, that's my murder chat and my psychic chat for the day. Pam just grabbed the steering wheel and like took the car into the guardrail guardrail with that one. Yeah, well, you were definitely keeping us between the lines before then, Barrett. That's a true story though. Speaking of murders. Oh, is that, it's for those listening, hold on, was that Claire in the background that said it's a true story? Oh no, that was me. Oh, I thought somebody yeah. said there's no, a true Claire's story. No, Claire's here, though, but background. that was. Oh no, I thought. I thought somebody said there's a true story. Yeah. Okay, so this has been going on, like this story has been told by your father since you were a child, because Beaumont, you haven't lived there. Um, I haven't lived time. there since I was in my 20s, but it happened, I think I, I mean, I remember it. I think I was in like high school when it happened, middle school or high school, which, you know, was several hundred years ago, but still. Back, back when education was just four years. Yeah, well, I mean, I had this. <laughs> Here's the Bible. Go to work. I had a sneak to go to school because I was a girl and they weren't allowed in school back then. I should have been married by that point. You think I was a girl back then by my lack of ability to spell, write, read, or any other <laughs> basic functions of education of a child. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know how to follow up with murder of somebody that was a real person at some point. Um, well, although, although I'm sure their family's not our demographic. Probably not, but I can follow up with murder. I can spin into grave talk. I channeled my inner Greg Cody this week in Salem also by walking through a graveyard, which was the second oldest grave, was the second oldest graveyard in America? Second oldest graveyard in America that, that um, I think the oldest graves date from the early 1620s and the new graves date from the 1840s. And it was super freaking cool. So I love to walk a graveyard. Much what time of day was it when you were walking them? What's that? What time of day was it? Um, it was during the trees? afternoon. We went in the afternoon. We did like a graveyard tour. Um, what's that? Do it in the nighttime. Oh, Claire reminded me we did another graveyard at night, but that one we did during the day. Um, we did the ghost tour graveyard. Oh, the ghost tour graveyard was at night, but this particular graveyard was during the day because there were lots of like super cool people buried there, like people that were on the Mayflower. Clara Barton is buried there, um, the creator of the American Red Cross, 
and other there were other people oh um what's his name nathaniel so, hawthorne's entire family's buried there so that was super cool he wrote the scarlet letter so uh, the scarlet letter <laughs> thank you for educating us on the letter a we are aware of who wrote this well i'm but betting at least right. half of our audience probably to, was like who the fuck is nathaniel Hoffman? you know what that's a good point that's a good point no no need for me to make fun of that clarification but eric hold on something just happened in the chat and eric is greg cody eric you were running in cemeteries yeah yeah it was my it was my trail back in the day because it was like a small town and uh from the gym you could like run outside and you could either like run through the park or run through the cemetery and i would run through the cemetery because it was more peaceful so obviously uh, jeanette has a follow-up which who doesn't no i was gonna say i totally understand because it's also safer because you're probably more likely to be a victim of crime running through your neighbor through a park than you would be through a cemetery I don't know what the statistics are there, but um, I I take my odds in the park. Uh, so hold on, what percentage of your run was in the cemetery? And Barrett, please don't sit back because I need you. I need somebody to agree with me here that running and walking through cemeteries is not normal. Uh, Je Jeanette wants to answer. Jeanette, no, no, it it's understandable. Like here in Los Angeles, we have Evergreen Cemetery in Boyle Heights. And they did a massive overhaul of the sidewalks outside of it. And they put that spongy like track because it is uphill downhill area. And it is very, the neighborhood likes to go and use it for exercise. So there's always people running around. You don't actually get to go into the cemetery, but outside of it, you get to go. And it was, it's like one of the things. Well, that's not the same. It's one of the things no, that the people are no. really proud of. It's like the Evergreen Cemetery running trail and putting all this money into it. They had a, they had a, they had a ribbon opening for it. That's great. different. You're not you're not gonna have a skeleton yeah, grab your leg running on the outside of a cemetery. Yeah, exactly. They stay in the borders. Barrett's absolutely correct. Like, get over yourselves. You're a bunch of frauds. Like, let me run the borders of this and pretend I ran it. Like, stop. Get yeah, out you want to run through it like a real like hard ass about yeah. it and try some zombies? Hell nah. And so on on the tells of hell nah, Pam, I have a question before I let Eric answer his percentage of his role. Sure. Would you would you do this? Because it sounds like you and your family were together enjoying an experience mm -hmm. as a group. Would you do this by yourself? Would you run through a cemetery by yourself? Yes, absolutely. Like I love. At nighttime? I go to New Orleans just when well when we're visiting my family. I go just to walk through cemeteries. I like much like Greg Cody, love a cemetery, and I've never felt unsafe in one. I do want to call Barrett out real quick before we go to Eric. Um, all psychics are frauds, but he's scared of zombies and skeletons grabbing his ankles as he drives by. That's a possibility, but someone being intuitive and picking up on something is not possible. Just going to leave that right there. Hey, okay, we can leave it there. Nope, nope, nope. No need to respond. Eric, what percentage of your running route was through a cemetery? Uh, probably like 67%. I hate you so much for that specific answer. Claire, did you have something? Yes, I, I wanted to thank Jeanette for the really awesome Gryffindor notebook that you sent me. I'm really excited about that. Oh, you're welcome. 
really cool. Thank you. Uh, Is that your house, Gryffindor? That's disgusting. I am slithering through and through till the day I die. Of course you are. So's Vivian. Wait, oh, Ravenclaw? He, Ravenclaw? Oh, no, he's Slytherin. Oh, Sly Vivian's Ravenclaw. I, Slytherin is my second. I took the Pottermore test, and Slytherin is my second house. And then I got Hufflepuff as my third, and Ravenclaw was my last. Ravenclaws are so pretentious. What is this? How many times? No, you do it one time. You don't get you to get, do it multiple times. No, you get percentages of what you fall into the houses. If you take a specific test, it gives you like, so for Gryffindor, I got 68 out of 100. Slytherin, I had 48 out of 100. It, it gives you all the percentages and why you're those specific. We took different tests. I, I took my test and I was talking to the sorting hat directly and he gave me my house. I feel like you took it on Buzzfeed. God, Barrett. Wow. Hold on. Did Barrett get taken out with a Buzzfeed insult? Yeah. <laughs> look he's not denying it either no because the, bu the buzzfeed quizzes are like what's your favorite drink coffee or iced tea and somehow that's supposed to place you into your hogwarts house it, it just doesn't make sense i agree that's how psychics work as well <laughs> yeah it's uh elimination of information um uh, well and i don't even i'll be honest with y'all here's what happened I, and i don't know what's happening because i just um barrett do you want to defend yourself actually i don't want to cut you off for the second time no, she was absolutely right. It was off okay. of BuzzFeed through a Facebook link in like, oh, 20, that's right. like oh, uh, 2008, I believe. Here, what's your Facebook? No, that was like in 2008 is when I had a Facebook. Bobby Darren. Sure. Right. Um, I think we, I think we hit all of our topics. Hold on, Barry. I feel like you have one more thing to say, and I want to keep this on you because you've had a rough night. But I feel rough like night. What are you talking about? A rough night and as you beautiful people. I meant as far as like us letting you be you, like we and us being me. Um, Eric, I need to call you out on something before we let Barrett because I think Barrett should wrap this up. Before we started recording, you said that you wanted to discuss if you were stuck on an island, what athlete you would most like. Look at him. There's shame going on right now. For those of y'all listening, there is shame. There's I can't believe that somebody noticed this. He has his hands in his face, uh, his head, his face in his head, per my earlier description. What athlete you most want to be stuck on an island with to help you get off? I don't know where that idea went from before I hit record. And out of nowhere, we're talking about missile launchers, spear guns, and weapons. Yeah. So Eric, would you like to explain why you transitioned that topic that probably would have been easier to answer? Um, Because just sounds like a better idea and I didn't get to give mine. I would do a flamethrower to like defend myself and to cook food with. Like if I caught an animal, I would, you know. I'm a horrible host. I can't believe you didn't get to give yours. So I apologize. Um, Jeanette. I, I just said Jeanette because you typed something I didn't understand in the chat. Oh, uh, so we don't care about the athlete that was supposed to save us from the island or whatever oh do you want do we want to do like a round robin real quick pick an athlete that you would because mine's michael phelps go ahead i Next. responded to the DraftKings post and i said chris cody obviously oh this is a DraftKings thing yeah oh. DraftKings asked which athlete you would be on a desert island with and i said obviously chris cody 
so I'm with you on Chris Cody. Thus far, Mark is the only person who's liked it, which I mean that's all that matters. Makes me sad and happy, if that makes sense. Sappy. Sappy. Oh my god, that's where that word came from. Chris Cody is a fucking genius for playing this game. I'm so glad that they started a media company around him. The athlete that I would like to bring on to answer the question via DraftKings on Twitter is Chris Long because he's the man. He's the beast, yeah. Shout out to Chris Long. Hopefully he ends up with Metal Lark, uh, although his, uh, his podcast and his own media company has been doing well. Uh, Jeanette? I, I would think it would have to be somebody with long arms for some reason. I don't know why I'm stuck on this. Tejon Prince? No. So I'm, I'm thinking Boban. I think he would wow. be the perfect person to rescue me from an island. He's a fundamentally decent human being. He's loving and caring. So anything that's like reach up and grab a coconut, he'd be able to do it. He would be super supportive about like we're going to build a fire. You know, if he, it would take him less time to swim a hundred meters out into the ocean than it would for me also i don't know how to swim so that would be like his test as well but his positivity is what i would need on the island so i'm going with boban all right i won't make the same mistake twice eric your answer is uh probably tom brady because he would find a way to get a hold of someone to i think like just giselle would have us home by like lunch she'd find a way to find him Oh, okay. You mean like the love, like the the dedication to the marriage? She'd find. I think Giselle would be fine without Tom Brady. You probably need to find like a wife that really needs the husband to exist. Um, but you know what? Their love is maybe strong enough. Let me not publicly question the marriage between Giselle and Tom Brady. That's not my job. Uh, the you don't know how to land this plane. Clearly, let me you know, take it I was, again. I got okay. you. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank we're you. Here, we're here. We're here on laughter the clum. Uh, Flim, wow, now I'm fucking losing it. <laughs> Podcast is now over. So wow. what I wanted to do was actually just, <laughs> yeah, what I wanted to end this with was actually just an expression of gratitude, if I can, Barrett. But if you want to go ahead, you can. No, uh, so yeah, my expression of gratitude would just be uh, obviously l- last week, and this won't be completely about me, it was a, a, a rough week for multiple reasons, but the uh, the Dan Levitard show, the 24-hour broadcast, and uh, the flyer was a huge thing. So thanks to everybody that supported, and I apologize. I could not provide a video um, at the time that I wish I did. But more than anything, like the support I got the night of from everybody um, was huge to think that, and not just the people here on the Zoom or even in Lower After Hours, the amount of messages I got. Appreciate it. And even more so when uh, I wasn't able to do so. You, uh, you nerds here on this Zoom, along with everybody else, appreciate everything y'all did. That made my wife think that I have this weird relationship with somebody on the internet as I continued to get flowers and uh, bottles and protein chips and everything that apparently makes up my life. So I just wanted to say thank y'all uh, for that. And I know this is a corny way to end a podcast, but it really did uh, kind of help me get through what was a rough week. And now to this, I'll turn it to Barrett to land the plane. plane landed thanks everybody uh we will see you monday for post post game and uh talk to you then